the University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, and thank you for downloading this edition of Innovative Research at the University of Johannesburg. These podcasts are presented by the Library at the University of Johannesburg. And my name is Professor Maria Framarp. I'm the Executive Director at the Library and the host of this podcast series. Today, I am delighted to welcome Professor Sarab Sinha, who is the Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Research and Internationalization at the University of Johannesburg. And he is going to be speaking to us about 5G connectivity and how it works and how it's going to be affecting our society. Prof Sinha, thank you so much for joining us. I would like to begin by asking, how will 5G actually work? Or how does 5G actually work? Thanks very much, uh, Professor Framar, and to the team at the library for helping to get this uh, podcast uh, together. Uh, in, in terms of uh, 5G, so 5G becomes a lot more important, and maybe that's what I should start by explaining, that as we enter into, or as we are in the fourth industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution means a lot, of, a lot more data than ever before, uh, and that, the, that data is uh, being communicated not only between you know, cell phone devices and people, but how also that data and nodes of data gets incorporated into just about everything, something that we also like to think about as Internet of Things, or little sensors that are embedded on various devices. It could be right from your microwave to your car, to your fridge, to your aircon. But all of that means that there is a lot more, a lot of data. So data is a bit like uh, traffic, it's a bit like people. And if you think about a busy highway or a busy freeway, then when you're thinking about these busy roads and you're trying to move more people or more cars on this road, you realize that you have to think about a way to expand the road uh, or you have to put more people into a car so that you can put more passengers, you can move more people on this busy highway. Now, when it comes to um, 5G and it comes to delivering and moving a lot of data, if we can uh, use that a, a, a thinking by way of analogy to that very busy freeway, to that very busy highway, uh, and the analogy is how do you build a highway in the virtual space? What does that virtual space look like um, and how do you expand the road in this virtual space so that you can carry more data traffic? Um, and 5G then is, is enabled by, as I said earlier, a couple of technology areas, and one of them is what is called the millimeter wave spectrum or the millimeter wave frequencies. Now, when you think about millimeter wave frequencies, you are thinking of much higher frequencies. Uh, and when you think about higher frequencies, uh, very simply, you can think about it as expanding these roads, but now in the virtual domain, which allows for more data to be trafficked uh, in, these, uh, in, in this virtual uh, setting. 
So that is what 5G uh, is, to, is seeking to do. It is to enable us to efficiently and effectively transmit large amounts of data using these uh, higher frequencies, these so-called millimeter wave frequencies, uh, and, uh, and then to enable the fourth industrial revolution in that way. Thank you very much. That was an incredibly clear explanation. Now, some people are worried about the health implications of these higher frequencies. Do these frequencies have any effect on us as people or plants or animals? Yeah, there are different uh, reasons why people have some fear around 5G. These, uh, re you know, whenever you have a new technology that comes about, uh, fear comes, uh, comes about. In fact, when 4G and 3G came about, there were similar fears about the, this technology. And some of that fear comes about because we don't always have uh, historic evidence in terms of the implications of the, of the technology. But uh, before I elaborate further on the health implications, because I will also tag uh, and explain why some of those health implications became a lot more prominent as we were dealing, as, as COVID-19 came about. So when you go from 1G to 2G to 3G to 4G, 5G, you will notice that it is typically happening every 10 years. 1G was before 1990, 2G 1990 to 2000, 3G 2000 to 2010, 4G 2010 to 2020, 5G started to emerge in 2019 in preparation to that next 10 years. Uh, we have just finished a book on 6G, which is then looking at the next phase from 2030. Uh, and so that's typically the time uh, periods. Uh, and I'll come back to the time period aspect just, just now. Now, in the when we when we moved from four, you know towards 4G, one of the things that happened with the World Health Organization was that it uh, projected uh, and said that uh, you know five 4G or 3G uh, may be uh, carcinogenic, uh, and so that then uh, created some view. With the World Health Organization and the committee that deals with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, tends to make this kind of evaluation when uh, it doesn't have the long evidence that is needed. Um, and so, so, so there, thereafter, uh, it brings about concerns. It depends on how you read it. Now, I want to give you some examples of other things that were labeled by as, as potentially carcinogenic. One of them that we use a lot in South Africa is red meat in the same category. And the another one is coffee, uh, which I suspect maybe you are having it in your hands right now. Uh, that was labeled very much in the same category as, as uh, 3G and 4G, particularly 4G. So, uh, so it's, it is simply about the, the evidence trail. But when you think about the frequencies in particular, 5G uses frequencies which are much lower than what is considered to be, uh, you know, dangerous from a radiation perspective. Uh, they call it the ionization level that affects the human body. In fact, the frequencies that are 
looking at when you deal with 4G and 5G, those frequencies are so much lower, or the, the wavelength specifically is so much lower than when it comes to, uh, you know, the kind of wavelengths that you would get from, from the sun. So in a way, and we know that the sun can also potentially cause uh, skin cancer. So when we think about it, we sometimes, if, you are, if you're worried about 4G or 5G from that perspective uh, of carcinogenicity, then you also have to be worried about the sun. And I suspect we don't want to be worried about the sun. Now, that's the one set of arguments that came about relating to health uh, is the carcinogenicity aspect. The second component has to do with, with uh, COVID. Now, with COVID, what happened was that there are some folks that indicate, you know, that when COVID was identified, it was identified in Wuhan. Uh, and Wuhan in China was also uh, almost a couple of months before the identification of the first case of COVID-19. Wuhan was also developing the, the 5G, uh, the cell phone towers was being put in place. And that was because China is a large country with a large number of people and large number of, that means there's a large number of data, meant that there was a lot more transmission of information that was taking place. So sometimes we tend to, you know, there are two words which are very similarly spelled. One is causal and the other one is casual. Uh, and so there's a, there's a kind of a casual relationship that 5G was coming just before COVID-19. Uh, but it is a coincidence that that was taking place because remember when I talked about the Gs that they were happening every 10 years. So 4G to 5G, 5G was coming in 2020. It was not because of COVID. It was just something that would happen in terms of the generation of these technologies. Now, the, the, so there is kind of a casual relationship, not a causal relationship with, uh, with COVID. And therefore, there is uh, absolutely no linkage between COVID and 5G uh, except that 5G was, was coming about. And obviously, 5G and telecommunications found a prominent position when it came to, to sustaining uh, and ensuring that the economy is able to sustain itself when we went into different forms of lockdown around the world. So that's mm -hmm. the answer around the, the, or the viewpoint around the health implications relating to 5G and why some of these conspiracy and other theories have come about. That was very helpful and also a very clear explanation. I'd now like to ask, um, what is the unique contribution that you and your team are making globally to our understanding and use of 5G? Thanks, uh, Maria. So what we have been doing is that when we have talked about this building of, uh, you know, high uh, highways, but in the virtual space, I'm still using the analogy of highways. We have thought about using a particular, and what we do in our group is we actually develop integrated circuits. So, um, and design integrated circuits, and our research is about integrated circuits. So integrated circuits are often called uh, integrated chips, when you open an electronic device, you see a green board, and on top of that, a number of uh, chips that are on place. 
And what that is what we are doing in our group. But our specific kind of what I think about as uh, you know uniqueness is that we deal with we use a, a technology called silicon germanium to realize those integrated circuits, uh, and particularly to realize transistors. And what these transistors are, are essentially switching devices, and these switching devices must be incredibly fast so that they can enable the speed at which the communication eventually takes place when you are using 5G uh, or 6G in future. So what and how do we then make sure and how does the silicon germanium technology work? Now, I'm going to use, because it is a, a deeply technical concept, I'm going to use again another analogy to try to explain how this transistor technology works. Now, when you think about transistors and you think about electronics and you think about this high-speed uh, communication uh, tendency that takes place, um, what really happens is that this communication or this movement happens on the basis of these electrons. Uh, and electrons, uh, and if you move them very fast, then they are able to move uh, and bring about the communication and this, uh, that is needed. So what we do is now, now in a separate analogy, still using a road. Think about crossing a road. And when you're crossing a road, uh, you're crossing across the road. There are two ways of you to be able to cross the road fast. One is that if you, you can one walk very quickly across the road to cross it, that's the one thing that you can do. And the second thing that you can do is if somebody is behind you and pushes you very fast to cross the road. Now, what happens with silicon germanium is that silicon germanium pushes the electron to move very quickly across the road. We call that the band gap. And the second thing that silicon germanium does is that it gives you what we call electron, the electron mobility is much higher. So it gives you the mobility plus it gives you the push and it narrows the road so that you can more or less instantly move across it. And that instantaneous behavior leads to these very high speeds. So that's really what we are doing is to realize integrated chips using silicon germanium as the underlying technology for millimeter wave to then develop the 5G pathways required for ultra-high speed communication. Afsina, thank you so much. I, for one, have got a much clearer understanding of what 5G is all about and how it's going to enable us as a society to be more connected. And thank you so much for such a wonderfully clear explanation. And we look forward to hearing about more ways in which your research is being applied and the changes that you are bringing to our society through this fascinating form of technology. So, Prof. Sina, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks very much once again to uh, Professor Framharp and the team for bringing about this uh, innovative uh, podcast uh, thinking. Uh, and I know that this will be further enabled by 5G. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for downloading the podcast. 
And we look forward to being with you for the next podcast. Stay well and be safe. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.